Welcome to Tackless Radio. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between to another episode of Tackless Radio. And it is I, Be Bad, your host, your grand priestess, your spiritual warrior. I am everything and nothing at all. (laughs) Hey, y'all. Happy Tuesday and welcome back. Let's go ahead and get into Shit I Saw where this segment is me grabbing something from the crazy social media streets and bringing it back here to you all to break down and discuss. So this week, we're gonna take it over to TikTok because my TikTok has been blowing up. And for anyone who is interested, my TikTok is Tackless Radio. And I know a lot of people are like, TikTok is for the kids, it's for the younger folks. And I'm not gonna lie, it is. But it is one particular platform that you can boost engagement create engagement, create a following fairly easy. But TikTok is like, yeah, girl, make really cool videos, put out cool content, add a little quirky sound, we'll get you right. And I'm a little older, a millennial, a niece, not an auntie yet, but I wanted to work on creating tactless radio and blowing that up in terms of engagement to bring people back to my podcast. So if you are here, and you are listening, thank you, I so appreciate it. So we're gonna go over to TikTok. And the shit I saw is from a beautiful black woman by the handle of Kim Possible 042.0. And she had a video talking about language used during the Jim Crow era. She was talking about the article that she was reading, which I found the article as well, and I thought it was mind-boggling, so I wanted to share it with you all. The article is Racial Etiquette, the Racial Customs and Rules of Racial Behavior in Jim Crow America by Ronald L. F. Davis, who is a historian who gathered all of this information and published this particular article at California State University. And of course, if you are black, hell, if you are white in this country, you're very aware of the language and the names used during the Jim Crow time. But the ones that I do want to get into were the smaller nuanced ones that we were very unfamiliar with. Yes, we're familiar with nigga and Negro and boy but I was unaware of all of the other language and and particularly why there were certain words and certain titles that you could not use. For instance, Miss was only reserved for white women. And here's a little excerpt from the article. Black women were addressed as auntie or girl under no circumstance with the title Miss or Mrs be applied. A holdover from slavery days was the term wench, a term that showed up in legal writings and depositions in the Jim Crow era. Some educated whites referred to black women by the words, by the words collared ladies. Sometimes just the word lady was used. 
white women allowed black servants and acquaintances to call them by their first names, but with the word miss attached as a modifier, Miss Anne, Miss Julie, or Miss Scarlet, for example. One of the ones that I thought was very interesting was how it talked about black men during that time. So here's a little excerpt on that. All black men, on the other hand, were called by their first names or referred to as boy, uncle, and old man, regardless of their age. If a white person did not personally know a black person, the term nigger or nigger fellow might be used. In legal cases and the press, blacks were often referred to by the word Negro with the first name attached, such as Negro Sam. At other times, the term Jack or some common name was universally used in addressing black men not known to the white speaker. On the Pullman sleeping cars on trains, for example, all the black porters answered to the name of Boy or simply George, after the first name of George Pullman, who owned and built the sleeping cars. I find this information to be very interesting because of course we're aware of boy and Negro and nigger, but it, it, the, the women, what black women were referred to during that time really stuck with me. And the reason it really stuck with me is because I vividly remember Meg the Stallion having lyrics that were centered around white women not referring to her as sis or white women not calling her girl or white women not using that language that we as black women use amongst each other. She had a she had a lyric in a song that was pretty much like, don't call me sis if you're not actually my sis. And a lot of white women were like, why? Oh my God, it's just a word. You all can't co-op words. Like, what is the problem? Like, why can't we just, it's a term of endearment. Actually, bitch, it is not. It is not. And a lot of white women were just like, what's the problem? Why can't we use this language? Or for just a lot of white people in general. Like, oh, that's my boy. Why can't I call him my boy? It's so insidious how words in their natural state aren't negative but the way that white people have applied them to black people they are very much so negative they are very much so damaging and dangerous and that's what happens when we don't know our history so then we go around letting white women say like oh yes that's my sis that's hey girl it makes my skin crawl when I hear white women say that. And now I know why. Probably due to epigenetics, which you, if you do not know what that is, please go look that up. But I never felt comfortable hearing white women call me girl or call me sis. And now I know why. Because it is rooted in them erasing who I am as a woman, as a black woman in this country. It's crazy the more and more we learn about what our parents, our grandparents went through, the more and more we as millennials and Gen Z can show up and show the fuck out on their behalf. Because it makes so much sense now why Meg said what she said. It makes so much sense now why the black women and black men got in white people's asses about how you will refer to us. Because we are not going to continue the disrespect. Yes, to you, girl and boy are just simple words that you can apply to anyone. 
But as long as you are melanated deficient, you don't call me anything but my motherfucking name. Welcome back. And it's now time for the song of the week. And for all of the newbies listening, what you'll find out very quickly about me is that I'm a music lover. I love hip hop, neo soul, jazz, rock, R&B. I grew up around music. Music is in every fiber of my being. So I like to introduce to you all new genres, new artists, new songs. So every week you get a little treat. So this week, because I am going to her concert, I got to put you all on Alex Isley. And if that last name sounds familiar, you're correct, because it is Ron Isley's daughter. And she is absolutely fantastic. Such a songbird. And she's such a beautiful woman. So her recent album, Marigold, dropped earlier this year, and I've been blasting it since it came out. And I'm super excited to finally see her in person later this week. I'm going to her concert, so I'll be seeing you soon, girl. So I wanted to give you all a little introduction into who she is, because I promise you, if you did not know about her before today, you will definitely be seeing her blow up very, 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 very soon. So here is Such a Thing with Alex Isley and Jack Dime. Tiptoed round my door Was not looking for you Busy finding who I am Just one year ago You couldn't have told me That this was a part of my plan y'all come on in and get in here and sit down get comfortable as we wrap up and I give you your tactless take of the week and the tactless take of the week is really just your little knowledge nugget I'm a teacher at heart so I always feel that when I have an interaction with someone I want to learn something or I want to give them something to learn and I would not be a good teacher if I did not give you all something to go into the week with So what I want to let you all know is that two truths can exist at the same time. That's actually one of my favorite phrases. Outside of that's fair or you not wrong, one of my other favorite phrases is two truths can exist at the same time. Because a lot of times we find ourselves 
and discussions that become very heated because you believe one truth and another person believes another truth. And it's not to necessarily say either one of you all are wrong. You're just seeing things from a different perspective. And a a lot of times we as humans, we want to be heard and we want to be right because that does something for our ego. And I just want to let you all know in education, you have to not have an ego. You actually have to approach education, learning. I will also put math and science in there. People who are in those professions, we have to approach things with the understanding that what we used to believe or what we currently believe may change. Because the more you learn, the more you study, the more you test, new knowledge comes out of that. And that's okay. If anything, that's what we should strive for as a humanity, in my opinion. And then again, you know, my opinion is biased because I'm a teacher and I feel that we should always be able to enter into a situation ready to grow from it, meaning that the old things that we used to believe should fall off and we should now use the new knowledge that we received moving forward. So with that, one of the things that I would also like to express to you all along with one of my favorite phrases, that two truths can exist at the same time. I also want to teach you all about cognitive dissonance because that is one of the reasons why we are not able to have healthy discussions. That's why people believe that other people are not worthy or are of less value. And then I also find that people who have cognitive dissonance, it's very difficult to have a conversation with these individuals because they're not realizing how they sound insane running mental circles around a point just because they do not want to sit in the space of being wrong, having their ego checked, or having to say, you know what? I now learned something before that I did not know, and I am aware that I don't know everything. So what is cognitive dissonance? What does cognitive dissonance even mean? The term cognitive dissonance is used to describe the mental discomfort that results from holding two conflicting beliefs, values, or attitudes. People tend to seek consistency in their attitudes and perceptions, so this conflict causes feelings of unease and discomfort. I know you all are probably like, B, we're going to need a goddamn example. I got you, girl. I'll use a real-time one, a really big one, which is why we're having so many discussions right now about it. The cognitive dissonance that I saw in a large group of people was how everyone cheered for Roe v. Wade, cheered for restrictive access to abortion celebrated learning that women who potentially were raped would now have to keep a child they didn't want. Understanding that choice was taken away from many women in this country when Roe v. Wade was passed. And so many of those individuals, men and women and of the like, celebrated like shit, but then turned around and had such a fucking problem getting the vaccine, had such a fucking problem having the vaccine be mandated and then basically forced 
to take the vaccine so that they would continue to have their job, so that they can enter into public spaces. They were so against it. We saw Karens fighting people in grocery stores about not wearing a mask and literally quoting the phrase, my body, my choice. That's a great example of cognitive dissonance because these people do not want to sit in the fact that your foundation of what you thought democracy or religion, whatever the fuck your foundation is, is getting shook right now. And you're scared. I understand why you're scared. We would all be scared to have to sit with what we believed at one point was the way to do things and now have to come into reality and learn something different, which says that all the things that I used to believe are no longer true or no longer right, or those things are at the disadvantage of others. You all have to sit in the discomfort. You all are going to have to get really comfortable sometimes sitting in the discomfort of one, believing something that was inherently wrong and knowing now that you want to do better instead of fighting to the death to uphold a foundation or a structure or a religion or a law that is just that is outdated played out and just honestly not working anymore so I want you all to understand that there can be multiple truths at once And I also want you all to understand that if we're going to be better people and we're going to understand different people, different perspectives, if we're going to have healthy conversations, you all need to acknowledge your cognitive dissonance. You need to acknowledge the feelings that you get learning new information that may shake your foundation. And instead of spewing hatred onto others, how about we step back? And reassess some things within ourselves, Because I promise you at that point, we can have healthy conversations, which means that we can actually start to get shit done. 